what is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of real fans fc episode 19 and yeah we are back how you feeling adam how you feeling uh, i've been better you know we've, we've had we've had a rough uh, couple of weeks that's for sure yeah i mean it's it's been it's been uh pretty sucky i will say <laughs> but uh that leads us to our first topic and what 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 is it what is it tell me what it is well we kind of knew this would happen eventually what we didn't know is why it would happen but miami have crashed back to reality they have not been playing well without messi um aside from beating down a pretty you know one of the worst team in the league toronto um there's not much to show for it. Um, the team just uh, is just very lackluster. The first half, you know, against Houston in the cup final was the worst first half of, of football they played the entire season. And that's coming from a team that was the last place in the Eastern really? Conference. Pre Messi. I think so, yes. Not even I just pre Messi, but pre DPs, pre U 22s. This season. And it was still I, I really, it was, it was that bad watching it i mean what was the we had one shot when we had 22 homegrowns on the field that i mean seven homegrowns on the field at once i'm gonna pull up all teenagers game because i think it needs to be said if you while i'm doing um, about that that houston game obviously it was horrible no i mean it was it the first half was bad um they kind of picked it up in the second half um, but obviously, especially towards the end, they got the they got the the goal one goal, but they couldn't equalize. Banged one off the post. Oh no, my bad. That was a New York game. And then the yeah, and, well then going to the New York game didn't look really good in that game either. Look, I'll say this: I'm not gonna lie. I was I'm I'm a little I was a little wrong because look, I always knew this team was definitely better with Messi, but I thought this team would still perform and be like a top team in the East, even without him, because I know a lot of like the big Messi fans are going to say like, of course, what do you expect? This is the worst team in the league. And Messi comes here. Messi's the greatest ever. Like, oh, but it's like, I mean, we added a lot of pieces, you know, it wasn't just Messi. We added a lot of quality pieces and those pieces were playing really well when Messi was on the field or even those times well, when he got, when he was out. So in my mind, I was thinking like, you know, like a lot of these guys are a lot of, this isn't the same team that was in last place. We added what five other people, six other yeah. six other guys you, that have high, you're, you're high, definitely high right. But I this is something that I think everyone's forgetting about. We also don't have Jordi Alba on the field. I think he he's his presence is immense. You know, to the point where there's there, you know, he's played if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's had plenty of minutes with Messi not on the field and we've done absolutely fine in those games. I have to look back exactly, but I, I want to see you right pretty, though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like I, if you remember, like it, there's no way that um, like, yeah, they came off at the same time but before that um, when they were before, like when they were still like full on, we were just resting Messi. He was playing. I, he, I'm pretty sure he was. He didn't get. He, he doesn't go to Spain. Anymore. I think the New York game. I think the Red Bulls game. He played because he 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 played less than 
Busquets. I know Busquets and Messi rested that game, but I want to say yeah. he played that. Yeah. Red Bulls so he did. De- so so we've been looking fine. I think his presence is immense, is almost as big as Messi. I mean, Messi. Yeah, he puts those stats up, but Jordi Alba has just given us something else, and I think that's um, been a huge factor in uh you know this this drop off but i want to i have the stats up so for the so this is just a tale of two halves after this first half though i think it was just so bad that you know we just didn't deserve to win the game after that no matter how good the second half was and it wasn't that great it took them a time to get into it as well the first half houston outshot miami 18 to 1 18 to 1 only had about 15 more passes total in the half. I mean, that is unreal. In the second half, Inter-Miami led 11-1 to um, and led them by over, well over 100 passes, almost 200 passes. Um, Two different halves. The first half, the possession wasn't that different. The passing wasn't that different, but 18-1. to I'm sorry, if you started any game, let alone a cup final giving up 18 shots and you only getting one at home, you don't deserve to win that game. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, I I guess it just really surprised me because what I saw from everybody else, I mean, I thought, especially from the U 22, well, I thought Aviles has been decent. I think he's been all right. Um, Hasn't been incredible. He, I think his best game was this past game uh, or no, it was the game can't remember if it was New York or the Houston game, but he he had probably his best game, one of those two games. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But um, yeah, I'm confused too. Gomez, Gomez, he hasn't really shown much. Like the th- the weird thing with Diego Gomez is there's moments where I look at him and I'm like, he looks solid. He just looks frantic and he needs to like hone it in and calm yeah, down. Yeah, I agree. Like he needs to calm down. But then, yeah, that, it, like you can see it because to me, I don't know if you feel this way, but like I watch him play. He looks like he has talent. Like he doesn't look like he's bad. He just like makes like terrible mistakes and he can't remain composed almost. It's like he just feels nervous. And it, I know with time he's going to get more comfortable. And I think he will be good because, like yeah. I said, there's something I can't. It's something in the way he makes his run, especially defensively or like breaking up pa- breaking up passes or breaking up plays in the midfield. I've looked at him. And it's like these are pretty good like plays he's making that I haven't seen this team make. Yeah. Um. Before before Gregory went down, but he still needs to get home. And so I think Kermoski is always going to be the better bet to go, at least as of right now. Um. So I just and then with the way Fadias is, was playing, I thought Fadias has always looked pretty damn good and has looked pretty class. And even during this like rough spell that we've had these past a couple games, yeah. If anything, he's isolated looked, or he's not getting the touches yeah. that he needs. Yeah. He still looks pretty solid. I mean, any all the chances that were created. Um, in the Houston game and uh, all the previous games, Messi hasn't been here. A lot of it's been due to him, but obviously it hasn't been enough. There's moments where he's just kind of yeah. He was. It's uh, kind of he kind of makes mistakes. Farias he, was the player of, right of now, the match uh, for you know Miami against Houston. I mean for for Miami that is. I yeah, mean, he Miami. was he was the best he was the best player. On and the that's pitch. not even saying I mean, we much had some other performances of- that are good. You know, Busquets didn't really have a bad game. You know, he wasn't great, but he didn't have a bad game. Kramoski played, you know, as as good as he could for someone in his position. Um, Calendar was fine. 
even Kamal Miller was fine, which by the way, I, I do want to mention that in a few it's minutes. The attack. Um, it's, it's the attack. And I think I, I don't, I, the thing is, I don't think it's a, a talent problem. I think they a, just can't get creativity give, I, problem. I feel like they, but I, I feel like Fadias can bring enough creativity to score. Because, like I said, he's been the main you can, creator. But you just can't have, the, you can't have them alone. I mean, like... Yeah, that's true. I think, I mean, yeah, you can't... He, he's, the, he's the sole guy. I think when you add him with Messi, he's obviously going to elevate more. But I do think he provides something. And But the problem is, he when Messi's been gone, he's remained a little inconsistent in between games. Obviously, the striker situation... Look, I don't... Look, I've been... People have been calling me a... Comp- Campana hater or whatever. I just believe, look, Campana is not bad, but I do think this fan base overrates him. I don't think he's bad. And I think why people feel this way is because Joseph has been so bad and so underwhelming that when Campana scores a header, like um, he almost always does, and a pen, like people freak out. But like, yeah, like I said last Campana, week, Campana, Campana he's is, a very emotional player. He if he's feeling good and he's confident and he's in a good mood and he feels like, you know, he's he's in a good headspace, he's a great player and we should be happy to have someone like that as a striker. If he's not feeling good, if he gets an injury that like takes him out and he's kind of gets knocked off of his rhythm or if his confidence gets shot, he's horrible. He's one of the worst strikers you can have and and it's tough because and well, I also you know think what you, you can get. You, you need you need someone like Messi to really like chip it to him. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he that keeps he his confidence needs, high and it makes him he's a such better a target player. guy. And I just I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not a huge fan of target strikers. I acknowledge like it's it's a style of play and it works for a lot of people and works for a lot of teams. I just feel like for this team, when Messi's not on the field. You need a guy who can like kind of help create and facilitate plays because Campana is a guy where he had like you just you have to be chipping it up to him. And I think yeah. just the way this team's built when Messi's not there, it just doesn't suit his play style. And even so, like I saw people kind of like battling me on this. I'm just like, dude, like at the end of the day, this is inner Miami. Like we can do better than Campana. Campana's not bad. Don't get me wrong. He's all right but people rate him like he's like one of the best strikers in the league. And he's, he's not, he's just not, he could be, but he's, he's not, I think yeah. we're kind of seeing the that key now right that there, he's that a guy he that is ever. And I don't want to say like, I don't want to say he relies on great players. Cause let's be real. Every striker relies on great players behind him, but there's just something like, like these last few games and not even just these last few games, but throughout the season, he just looks like he's just like, He's lost. He's like, he doesn't really make runs so much. Like, I, he's always kind of stepping back. He's, and he's holding the, up the play a lot, which I don't like. I mean, I get it. Target men, they can do that. But I don't like you doing that in the midfield. I like you doing that in the box. That's what a, yeah. tar- a target man should be holding it up when he's standing like on the penalty spot. He should have his back to the defender and look to exactly. lay it off or do something like that. But he, feel he, like he, he seems to be doing that outside of, you know, the, the penalty box itself. And it's like, I don't think that's going to help. It's, it's and I hate not. the one-sidedness. I hate how one-sided he is. It bothers the absolute living hell out of me. How one-sided this guy. I mean, I'm seeing him like do simple passes and making it, I'm not, like, making it like more difficult than it should be. 
because he wants to use the left and like come on man but anyways i mean back yeah, to the thing i want to like, i want to switch gears a little bit um so i agree with you with campana but i want to i want to lighten the mood a little bit you know someone who we thought would be out the door possibly even this past transfer window but ended up staying and has now been signed to an extension to with the club kamal miller that I mean, that's got to be a good feeling. I mean, this is someone who we really thought can is getting looks from Europe and could go yesterday, not not tomorrow. Yesterday he could have gone. Um, so to get a, a an international capped an experience, you know, he had experience in the World Cup to tie him down. Uh, I think that's that's great. And he's he's not an old player at all. He's still got, you know, arguably his prime ahead of him. So I'm really happy about that signing. Um, I'm sure you are too. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? No, I, I'm pumped to have him back. I think it's awesome. I'm still skeptical if he actually comes back. Um, I do think it's an odd play though, because he's in a position in his career where this is it. Like if he's gonna go, he has to go. Yeah, it didn't seem odd break. the timing. It was like we thought he was going to go, 25? and all of a sudden, wow, 25 he's or 26. 25, 24. I don't think he's 26. He's either 25 or 24. So. But like, this is like a time where it's like, what if he stays one or two more years, like that window's gone. Oh, he's 26. So it's like, Ha-ha. he stays one hey, more year. That, that window is like pretty much gone. Like, it's his time now to leave if he is to leave. But, but at the same time, you know, it, there are but, a lot of eyes on on this team. You know, everybody's watching this team. Well, it's it's just a fact. Everybody's watching this team. And I get it. You know, there's there's other players that are getting looks, too. I mean, you know, calendar is probably going to be out this door. Very uh, soon. Well, so it's well, not. I, I mean, like, yes, I understand. Like, I would agree. It's if it was if I was Kamal Miller, I'd be looking to go to Europe. But at the same time, I don't think it's as bad of a decision as it would be if he, let's say, made this decision last year. There's no Messi, there's no Busquets, there's no Alba, there's no fanfare. Um, you know, if he decided to stay, then maybe we'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, what are they paying you? Yeah. But well, now you can kind of, like, I'm not saying it excuses it, but I'm just saying it's less of a bad decision than it was. Because no, of the I agree eyes with and the you. money in the league. I, I agree with you. My only thing is, so there's multiple things that made me think this way. So one, he's openly said that he has aspirations of playing in Europe. He's openly said that. I mean, who doesn't? Two, two this past, this upcoming winter transfer window, he's out of contract. He would have been on a free. And we all know like how important that is to be on a free. Like that pretty much opens the door for you to for sure like maybe even fight yourself for like a higher level team, maybe like a Europa level team, maybe even potentially like a low level champions league, like to uh, maybe not be a, obviously not be a starter, but to fight and be on that roster. Cause he's on a free, you know what I mean? Like when that freeze open, like he can, he, that, that gives him so much more leverage. Um, but with inner Miami's history, and here's my little conspiracy hat going on. Um, I feel the same way about Campana is with all the eyeballs that are on this team, obviously scouts and whoever, there's there's more people looking. You're getting mm-hmm. more, uh, I guess, exposure. Yeah. Maybe Inter-Miami's like, hey, let's work out a deal 
We get you on a contract. Let's see if we can make some money off of this. And then we transfer him out because I mean, we all kind of know, unless you're a big, unless you're a big player. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I I think think they probably had a conversation. They said, Hey, let's sign this contract. We'll negotiate. We're not, it's just to help us make more money. We are not going to hold you to inter Miami. If a club that you want to go to comes to us and says, we want to sign you, we're not going to fucking extort them because we have this contract. Yeah, we signed the contract, so it's going to be worth more and we're going to try and get our money out of it. But at the same time, we're not going to stand in your way. We're going to be flex- flexible. For for those of you sports fans out there, I'm going to make a little joke here. We're not going to be the Portland uh, Trailblazers to the Miami Heat and just say, fuck off. Don't matter what you... Uh, mm-hmm. give, give us everything or nothing. Um, they're not going to do that. So I totally agree with you. And I'm actually glad you brought that up. Because I was because look, the same we, thing. This is this we is did that with Bryce too. There's no chance that Kamal Miller is thinking I'm signing this contract to stay here for sure. Is I'm going to sign this contract so I have some guaranteed money. So Inter Miami's going to get some guaranteed money, and they're not going to hold me down. You know, they're basically signing and agreeing and saying, "Listen, we're not going to we're not going to fuck you over on this. Let's just both get some money out of this." You know, we just want to be able to, to get a transfer fee out of you. We don't want you to leave for free, but we'll negotiate with these teams. We'll make sure that, you know, a deal can be made. And and I will say this, Kamal though, Miller, why do you say no to that? I, I totally agree with you. Well, here's why you could say no. And here's why I think my conspiracy goes even farther is that they potentially already have agreements or bidders put in place. So when things hit, they're they're ready to go because. Hmm. Because here, here's doesn't the that thing. seem a little? I well, mean, I, I don't but, disagree, but, but, but here's the thing: a little though, sketchy. Like it to does sign sketchy, someone but, to a new contract when there's but, suitors and you know he's going to leave. Just to it's it seems a little sketchy, especially but, with but, Miami's history. Well, you don't want to be fucking well, no, around but, with that too much. But that's what I'm saying. though, is like, but then why else would Kamal sign to a deal? Because what if the bid is too high and then he lose? Like I said, I just talked about like you know being on a free is huge. It's huge. It opens up the door tremendous immensely. Like it's it's a huge. So why would he sign? And then they're going to transfer him unless without them already knowing that a team is going to be willing to pay the fee. That's my only thing is like that's the only weird thing is like, yeah, it makes sense that they're going to sign him and then trade him. But then also like it's not like he was like a year out or two years out and then they are ex- just a year out and they extend him. It's like, no, he's like up now. So why would he do that unless there's already like people willing to pay that price, that transfer price, which could be the case, but we'll see. I mean, then again, for all we know, he could just, just want to stay on the side of the pond. I mean, but the only thing it's is hard like, to say. It, it's hard to say. I guess it's the only time will tell because like, if you follow this team pre the messy era, like, contracts i mean even if you follow any like lower level sports leagues and lower level teams in those leagues we all know contract extensions don't mean shit they don't like they all just mean like pretty much we're gonna sign you to a contract so we can make sure that we get a transfer fee later on like we did that with bryce duke kamal miller's literally here as a result of that they sign bryce they extend bryce duke legit like two weeks later then go and trade him for Gam and get Gam Tam, whatever it was, to bring Maul, Kamal and get like a million dollars. So, like, contract extensions don't mean nothing. I wouldn't be surprised. 
I don't think person like to go back to the Campana thing, I think that's going to happen to him too. Like, I think they signed him so they knew they can get a transfer value of him later because I don't think Tata necessarily cares for him. I think he just knows that like, it's either him or Joseph. And it's like, uh, I guess him because Joseph isn't playing terrible, but if he plays with Messi, he keeps on scoring. At least we can get something out of him. But yeah, we'll see. But like, let's end up with the, like the actual question though. Like, yeah, definitely. I was going to go there too. With four games left, there's a, gonna, there's a game coming on in about an hour, so we're going to have to do a little bit of, I guess. Guessing. Sorry, we got. I think we got. I think we got some time here. I think yeah, but like when this goes out, this game, the oh. results are going to be there. <laughs> yeah, so take our word kind of for hard it. To, yeah, I'll prove it. So fuckers, I'm going to say. Oh. Okay, so give give us both options. So if they win tonight, how do you think the last? Four three games play out if they win tonight. So let's take a look at their fixture list. So if it's they win tonight, enough. it's they it's got tonight. Then since they got Cincinnati Charlotte. at home, they got Charlotte at home. Which uh, which one was the replay? Like the reschedule? I think it was the Thursday. The one. That seems like yeah. So they played Charlotte at home, which was players. rescheduled from from League's Cup. Which is that during uh, international? The the first well, one is the first one's during well, international. Yeah, so there you go. So the home game and the last the, the last one and then the last the last game one might be in tough. Charlotte. Well, in the last one too, it's not international. It's only a few break, days later, but it's but a few days later. How many people are going to be able to? You know, it's like a day after the break end, so it's like how many players will be able to realistically play depending on what their schedule. It, it's and we're tough already because estimated to have about probably eight, nine, eight, nine players getting called up. I know this is a cop out. I really, I know it is, but it's the truth. I don't think you can say if they win today that they're gonna go and they're, they'll be fine. I think you can say that if they win on Saturday against Cincy. If they win today and they win against Cincy, then I think you can you could start talking about that and you can say, you know what, I think, I think we're good. Um, you know, with just four games left to play total. Think would be fine. Um, so I, I, so I what? really, I don't think you can put a prediction on it. Um, let's let's just say the rumors are true and Messi comes back. We win today. I think yeah, we'll we'll be fine. I think if Messi comes back for that Cincinnati game and he gives us that spark we need, I think we can win against Charlotte at home. I don't. I think having two games against Charlotte is as probably the best it could be. As if he goes yeah. to Argentina. Yeah, but I'm saying more for the Cincy game. If you come back for that one, um, yeah. But what about the Charlotte games? More, We're gonna have a skeleton like said, roster out there. If you're gonna have a skeleton roster, it's gonna be against Charlotte. I mean, it could Charlotte be worse. Charlotte is tr- atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, so, I'm, okay, it's not. Okay, like, they so can do it. it. They they get their points. They get their shock wins. They're not. Oh, Horrible to the point where they're the worst team in the league. Definitely not. They're far from the worst team in the league, but they're definitely below average. Okay, so, so like I said, if you're gonna have it, some players, if you say if you say they win tonight, and we say we future proof, so say like for the people that are watching out there tomorrow, we win tonight. Say, all right, yeah, we won. What do we make it with the next three matchups? Cincinnati, Charlotte twice, one beat. Both the last two potentially being messed up by international windows. Do we make it? I think barely. I, I and it's not a given. It's really 
close as close to a 50-50 as you can get. I really think so. Okay. Now say we're sad tomorrow. The viewers There's no are shot. Sad. We There's lost no fucking shot. We lost to Chicago. What it it's over? Then there's there's we no fucking sh- shot. There's no shot if we lose. Okay, tonight. we lose tonight. It's over. I think if we draw tonight, it's over. Yeah, that's true. I don't think it's I, completely I, I, over if we draw, but it I think it, it is. I know what it, you mean. It's not we need mathematically, to win. it's not, but I think it's over if we don't win tonight. Okay, so for me, I think we can afford to lose one more game. I think we can afford to lose or draw one more game, but we have to win out. So I'm going to start with if we win today, which I think we do have to win today. I think we lose to Cincinnati, regardless of Messi's there or not, because of the fact that it's just the team is like, even if he comes back, he's not going to be 100. Even with Cincinnati, I mean, they theoretically just they don't, too Cincinnati good. doesn't exactly have anything to play for. That is true. And that is true. They could just, re- but then again, you don't want to rest for too long because then it's like, you, you want to stay semi-fresh. Yeah, I'm not going to say they're going to do a, a B squad, but I think they might have a little bit rotate. of rotation going on. Yeah. So, so that could play I a think, part as well. I think, so let's say that you beat Chicago. I think you can afford to lose to Cincinnati. You lose, so be it. You tie, whatever. Um, then I think you have to win those Charlotte games. That's the tough decision for me is like, what happens with these international... Uh, I, I there's a lot of rumors and talk going around that the schedule is definitely going to change next year. They're not going to play during international windows anymore. God, I hope they do. I hope they actually make a difference and actually change the to play during that shit. I think they will. They with, can't with, with all the eyeballs. Of Messi, there's no chance. And with no everybody chance. locked in on this Miami team, trying start, to yeah, see if they make starting it, to complain. Other and they're people like, are starting to complain too. It's not just and they're like, Miami. dude, that is stupid. Like, what? Why are we playing? Um, especially with how many play. I mean, we've got pretty much. Had three quarters of the starting lineup gone, but um, I think even with a busted roster, man, I think we can still eke out a win at home, and then that win, that last game away. I think That's there's the going to be one. some players that are going to say, "Fuck it, it's the last game. We got to go as hard as possible." Even if they did just play two days ago, I can imagine there's going to be players that are just like, "Yeah, it's, I, don't, be yeah I don't question the mentality." Charlotte. I think it's going to be away at Charlotte. So we could potentially see a full squad. It's going to be a tired squad, but I think you potentially see, because I think a lot of players, especially if it legit comes down, it's decision day and it comes down to that game. I think a lot of players are just going to do like one last, like we're going to suck it up and do it. I think we win tonight. See, it's so tough. If they didn't have the international break, I say we still get in. I say we lose that since the game, we still get in. I'm going to say we make it. If we win tonight. I, say, I think we still make it. I think we can beat Charlotte twice. If we beat Chicago, I think, so we'll beat Charlotte. I think it's possible. Cincy, I think we drop, but I, I genuinely believe we can afford to lose the game because Montreal and New York, they're going to lose. The, these teams suck that are above us. They're terrible, so they're going to lose their games. And then we lose today? I, tr- I, that, I, I think I lose hope. If we lose today, because I think if we can't beat Chicago... There's no way, like, I believe yeah, we like, can well, beat Charlotte it's like, with a depleted on, yeah. roster. Yeah. Like, there's no way we're beating Charlotte with a depleted roster full of call-ups. Yeah, because they have to prove to me, without Messi, they can beat Chicago. You can prove to me that you can, without Messi, beat Chicago. Then Chicago and Charlotte are about the same level. I think you can then beat Charlotte. 
Cincinnati, I think you lose regardless. I just, I, I'd be surprised. If, I think you can get, if you get a draw, it's a victory. Um, but if, yeah, if you can't beat Chicago, I would, my hopes are pretty much shot unless they somehow, if they somehow pull out, somehow pull out a miracle and beat Cincinnati after losing to Chicago tonight, then I'll probably, my tune will change. But like if they lose tonight, I pretty much, I think that's it because then you just proved to me there's no way you can beat Chicago. I mean, Charlotte back to back without them. So, and then with the international window, you're going to be even more depleted. Yeah, it's just not happening unless, unless by some miracle, everybody else just loses. Yeah, which I, I don't which, think we can rely on that. I think that'd be you can't rely on that, on which that. could be possible because these teams are terrible because the East is so top heavy and so bottom like in the top, very top heavy and in the bottom is just like terrible. But yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, let's get into the predictions. All like, right, we are going right to get into here. predictions this is- and I'm going to set a deadline for myself. They will be updated with the records by next episode so that way <laughs> i can get in the next group and then we will have a final reveal uh pre-playoffs when the regular season is over we'll still make our picks Fine. but that's going to be the end of uh tracking the picks for the season then we restart all over again for the next mls season which will be exciting all right well it's match day oh my gosh what i forget Match day, oh my gosh, 37. No, my, yeah, this is for match day 37. And yeah, we will not be the, predicting the games for today. It's for this weekend. Yep, for this weekend, match day, which everybody's going to see anyways. All right, first game, Charlotte versus Toronto. Charlotte minus 310 to, Char- to Toronto plus 700 with a draw being a plus 420. So Charlotte at home. They're a terrible team, but Toronto's even worse. I think they're just trying to get through the end of the season and bring in their new coach and revamp that ro- revamp that roster. So I think Charlotte and Charlotte has something to play for. Uh, Charlotte wins at home. I agree. Um, Toronto. I mean, you know, just looking at how Miami's been playing these past few weeks without Messi. Um, now that uh, you know, without Messi, they got destroyed. Still. And this is not a good Miami team right now. Um, so I would agree and go Charlotte. Right. We got FC Cincinnati versus New York Red Bulls. FC Cincinnati plus 115. New York Red Bulls plus 230 with the draw being a plus 220. So it feels like on oh, this one, they think Cincinnati's probably going to rest. Like you said, they won Supporter Shield. They're locked in a first place. have literally nothing to play for. Um... New York does, but I think Cincinnati, they're just still too good. Even if they don't go 110%, like they're still going to win this game, especially at home. New York's just not good. So I'm going to go Cincinnati with the win here. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I like the depth of Cincinnati rest, too. Yeah, I think they'll be fine on uh, at home. All right. Now we got the New England Revolution versus the Columbus Crew. New England plus 140 at home. Columbus Crew plus one. 55 on the road with the draw being a plus 270. This is a really good matchup. These are guys, teams fighting for that home field advantage in the playoffs. But New England, it's been, since the whole Bruce Arena thing, has been a shit show. I think they've bounced back kind of well with everything. But Columbus is hot, and so is your boy uh, Chucho Hernandez. 
dude is absolutely balling. Eight goals, like three assists in five games or something like that. The Sh- Sh- Columbus is on fire right now. They're yeah, just for so that I'm reason gonna, alone, I would pick Columbus as well. So I'm going Columbus too as the road winners. All right. Philadelphia Union versus the Atlanta Atlanta United FC. Philadelphia minus 110. Atlanta plus 250 with the draw being a plus 270. Man, so this is another one. Like these are all these guys are all just playing for, you know, home spots. So I'm gonna go Philly at home here. Yeah, this is for some reason this is a tough one for me, but I agree. I think at home, if it was at Atlanta, I think maybe it'd be a little bit more difficult. But I think I, I should think just home go field, with Philly yeah. being at home. Yeah, home field is going to make a big difference. I'm just pulling up the table here just so I can double check things. All right, next game is Montreal. Versus Houston Dynamo, Montreal plus three thirty one thirty five. Houston Dynamo plus two hundred with the draw being a plus two twenty. So Houston's been a, obviously a team on the rise, team that has qualified for Concacaf Champions Cup, the reigning champs of the U.S. Open Cup. Um, they're playing pretty hot right now, but they've been playing at home, and they're a very very strong home team. They're probably the best home team in the league. Um. I think this game is going to be a little tough. Obviously, Montreal has a lot to play for. They're playing at home as well. Montreal's trying to stay above that line. I'm going to go draw here. Damn, I hate to still be in agreement with you, but I agree. I, I think um, Houston have been playing really good. They're, they're on a high. Montreal at home are still playing for a lot. Um, Hard-fought draw, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's a close, like the point differential and the, the the point differential, yeah, between like in the West is so tight. Like it's outside of St. Louis, who I believe is pretty much locked up the first place. Um, no, they did lock up first place actually. It's like everything's within a couple points. It's super close right now in the West, so they can win and then they could bounce up to second. So that's another team fighting for home. So, but I I like Montreal uh, at home. I, I like the draw at home for Montreal. All right, Austin FC versus DC United. Austin FC plus 110. DC United plus 210 with the draw being a plus 260. So we got Austin at home. Austin, I think they're mathematically, they are mathematically still in it, but I think they're pretty much done. DC, they're right on the cusp of Montreal in 10th seed. But I'm going to go draw here. I think these are teams that are both mediocre and not actually good. Yeah, I agree, but I think Austin has enough to edge it out. Um, and also, that'd be nice for uh, for Inter Miami. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I mean, go I'm, I'm rooting for Austin. I'm gonna Let's go Austin. I'm gonna go Austin. Root for Austin, and I'm rooting for Dynamo. So we're rooting for the Texas teams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we got Chicago Fire versus Inter Miami. Chicago Fire plus one hundred. Oh my gosh. This isn't the next week. This is today. No, oh, for fuck's sake. We're committing. We're doing today. I'm not going back. We're committing. <laughs> you sure? We're doing today. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. It's not going to go out in time. Who gives a shit? 
fuck it, dude. Up. Let's just start. Let's let's start from the jump. Let's go fast. We'll just go. I'll cut this out. All right. We'll go we'll, fast. We'll go fast. We'll go fast. We'll go fast. All right. I'll cut this out. All right. This is match day thirty-eight predictions. My bad. Thirty-seven predictions. <laughs> Let me just double check. Yeah, the match day thirty-seven predictions. We're recording this on a Wednesday, and me and Adam just made a complete mistake and did the matches for predict the matches for today. Um, which we're recording on Wednesday, but we're trying to do it for the weekend. So here's the first game of the week. We've got Atlanta United versus Columbus Crew. Atlanta United plus 100, Columbus Crew plus 210 on the road with a draw being a plus 280. I like a draw here. I think these are two high-powered teams, high-powered offenses that can score. Um, and I'm going to go with a draw here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think, I think if it was not in Atlanta, I'd be in a different camp here, but I think draw is a good pick. All right, we got the Philadelphia Union versus Nashville SC. Philadelphia is minus 125, Nashville SC plus 310, with the draw being a plus 260. I'm going to take Philly at home here. I like Philly at home. They've been playing pretty well. And yeah. Yeah, those are those are some interesting odds. I think they're a little too strong. I mean, Nashville have the potential to do plenty, even to Philadelphia, but I agree, and I will go Philadelphia. All right, next game, Inter-Miami versus FC Cincinnati. There's a lot of things riding on this game, depending if Messi plays, Alba plays, who knows. But Inter-Miami is plus 100, with Cincinnati being plus 240, with the draw being a plus 250. This is These odds are kind of weird. I think they're kind of banking on the fact Messi plays. I really don't know about this. I think Cincinnati wins on the road and beats inner Miami. Like I said earlier, I think this is the one game Miami can afford to lose. I think with Messi coming back, I think the team's going to have a spark in their step, assuming he does come back. So I'm just going to bet off. I'm going to pick off the fact that let's say he does come back and I'm going to pick inter Miami. All right. We got Minnesota United versus LA Galaxy. Minnesota United minus 110. LA Galaxy plus 270 with the draw being a plus 260. So we got both teams fighting for that playoff spot. I'm going to take Minnesota at home. I think they're just, they could just be more, there's more talent on that roster. LA Galaxy, yeah. I think they've been kind of on a run trying to keep things alive, but it's just not going to be enough. Yeah, definitely more talent on Minnesota, and it helps them being at home. So that's my pick. All right. We got Chicago Fire versus Charlotte FC. Chicago Fire minus 110. Charlotte FC plus 260 with the draw being a plus 260. Man, this is not a good game. Um <laughs> Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chicago at home. Okay, that's a fair pick. I'm gonna go draw. I just can't pick a winner out of these two. (laughs) I can't. I guess I just can't. (laughs) I just can't. I can't do it. I can't pick this. This is terrible. (laughs) All right, we got. Houston Dynamo versus the Colorado Rapids. Houston Dynamo at home, Easiest minus 230. Colorado Rapids, plus 600 with a draw being a plus 340. Houston, like we said, is hot, especially at home. Colorado Rapids, I mean, the fans are begging for the owner to sell the team. <laughs> Anybody so, who I knows mean, me knows that this isn't even a competition. Houston all day. 
it's it's Adam's sister club. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Real Salt Lake versus Sporting Kansas City. Real Salt Lake minus 115, 40 Kansas City plus 260 with the draw being a plus 280. Like I said, Real Salt Lake, ever since the summer transfer window, they've been really on a good run. Um, I like Real Salt Lake at home here. They're yeah, I agree. Place. They've been on a great run, and being at home, I think that's going to help them. Uh, I like them. I like Real Salt Lake in this one. All right, and then the final game of Saturday is Seattle Sounders. Versus the Vancouver Whitecaps in a Cascadia mm-hmm. matchup. We got Seattle Sounders plus 105, Vancouver plus 220, with the draw being a plus 260. I think this is a sneaky good matchup. Um, this this game has complete playoff implications and where play teams are going to get set. These are two teams only three points apart. Seattle in third, Vancouver in six as we stand today. Uh, I like Seattle at home, though. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's gonna be a one score game, but like yeah, this is this Seattle is a wins tough by one. one. I kind of want to pick Seattle, but I'm I'm just gonna go draw here. I I think this is gonna be a good game. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong, but I I think that's a fair a fair pick. It's one of those late night games. You're just like yeah, nothing else is on, and you're just like yeah, it's not bad. And it could be a good one, yeah. All right, and that's our picks of the week. Match day 37. Only got a couple more left. So, yeah. I know. So we'll see crazy. by the end Hard of the season. Believe. I think there's only been one week that you weren't here and I picked without you. And that was... What, actually, no. I believe you actually gave us our set. I was going to say Tyler. Um, well, he's the only one. But, I, well, you know, we'll we'll talk about his... Well, no. Uh, I was going to say because me, me and Tyler did an episode together without you. But I think you still yeah. gave us the picks. So, I think, I think I we too. should have all our picks. Yeah, at least we for me and even. You. Yeah, we yeah. look even on number. Um, like I said, I'm going to take care of that. So we have something to go off of for the final um, two or three games um, left in the season. So now we are going to move across the pond and we got some pretty, pretty big stories to talk about. Um, we're going to get into Champions League. Um, I think it's worth mentioning the one game that I did watch uh, today. So. Um, We'll talk about that at the end. Um, but first, I think it's very important. I'm pretty sure anybody, you know, is familiar with this story, heard about it. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, we knew just by watching the video, if you guys, if anybody is familiar with the Liverpool and Tottenham game, how um, a goal from Luis Diaz was ruled offside and then the VAR check was commenced. And they kept the decision wrongfully. He was clearly onside and they made a mistake and they couldn't. And because play was restarted, they couldn't go back. Liverpool ended up losing that game and they were pissed. They made a club statement. They were basically saying shit needs to change. Uh, It's the strongest club statement you could possibly make without just saying completely fuck you guys and you guys are shit. Um, (laughs) So this was released by PGM all, and we are. I think this is as fair fair use as fair use gets. So I think we're going. I'm going to share the uh, the clip. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to read the statement in the beginning and the end of the um of the vi- of the uh, video for those of you who are not watching the video. So that way you can uh, see the um at least hear the text that is on the screen. Um, so let's get that up 
I'm going to share it. Here we go. All right, so let me start by reading the statement. The following is the footage from the Luis Diaz goal, which was incorrectly disallowed in the Premier League fixture between Tottenham Hotspur and Liverpool. The on-field referee does not hear all of the audio from the VAR room, only those comments directed to him. Let's get into it. Wait, are you showing this? Yeah, it's just, I probably should have fast-forwarded the statement. I can't hear it. I think you didn't share audio, but... There's no audio? Yeah, I don't think you shared the audio, but it's it's all good. Basically, give us a, like a rundown of basically like what they said for the audio listeners or people who just yeah. haven't seen it yet. So they're going to draw the 2D line now. This is the key. Boom. Pause it right there. Oh. That would have been perfect. We'll get to, well, there's more to hear about in a, in a sec. Um, but uh, they, they realized it and they were cursing at each other after that. There was some expletives in the, in the audio, but the confusion was that um, they didn't, they didn't realize, or at least uh, a couple of the VAR officials didn't realize that the on-field decision was given offside. They thought it was on-field decision was a goal, and thus when they said check complete, they were assume, they were basically saying keep the decision, it's fine, he's good, no problems. But because the on-field decision was offside, when the referee heard check complete, he restarted the game and assumed they saw offside and kept it the same. As soon as that sequence in the video ended, you hear the uh, video operator, who's not even a referee, the video operator goes, hey guys, the on-field decision was offside. Are you happy with that? The on-field decision was offside. Are you guys happy with that? He says it twice. And then they go, oh. Oh, fuck. Like, literally, like they had to bleep it. And they're like, well, what? It's like, can we can we delay the play? Delay, 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 delay. And they're like, and then the VAR is like looking. You can kind of hear him like looking at his notes. And he's like, no, we can't do anything anymore. Can't do anything about it. And then you hear another fuck out of one of the VARs. They knew they fucked up. But I'm sorry. That is disgraceful. That my, is absolutely thing, disgusting. I'm confused. They are How rushing the decision. But how come could the head ref not notice fucking... that though? I mean, so, he's on the board. Like I said in the beginning, like I like I said, in the, no, no, they didn't call him to look at it. They only call VAR looks at things, oh. and they will. Oh, he call, didn't go look at it himself. That's unless if you oh. see the referee do the symbol and then go to the monitor. That's when they're looking at it. Most things they do not require the referee to go to the monitor because they call it a. This is something that I've learned from watching some videos and reading about um, how they operate, how they train. It's called factual. If you're checking something that is not a matter of opinion, like a red card, so like if someone's going studs up into somebody and the referee gives a yellow, 
and they're saying, hey, hey, ref, you should probably look at this. That's because the referee is the one who saw it in the moment and gave a yellow. They want him to make the judgment call. So they tell him to go look at it. In a factual situation, did the ball go out or not? Is he offside or not? Did the ball hit his hand or not? Because there are certain situations, if uh, there's a handball that leads directly to a goal, doesn't matter if it was deliberate or not, doesn't matter if his hand was up or not, it's no goal. So those factual um, decisions that aren't a matter of objection, aren't a matter of, of opinion, are a fact. Was he onside or was he not onside? Draw the line. That's a fact. They don't have the referee actually go to the monitor and check factual things. That's what they call them. They call it a factual matter. That's I'm not confused a matter though of because I've seen refs go out there and check and see if it's a handball. So that's why I'm saying that regular handballs are opinion, but a handball that leads to a goal can never stand. So if someone accidentally touches it with their arm, but then they shoot it immediately and it's a goal, that's a no goal. It doesn't matter. So that's what they call oh, factual. I see what you're saying. So that's okay. what they call factual. So when they VAR it, they don't care if his hand is down or not. They're asking, You're not talking did about the a ball pen. hit his hand? No, we're not talking about a pen. That like, they'll go yeah, look. Like, like that, that they'll go like look. A, yeah. I'm talking about factual matters of did it or did it not? The answer is either yes or no. Did it hit his hand? Yes or no. Is he onside? Yes or no. If it's a yes or no, they don't make the referee go look. If If they have to ask... Well, is his hand on his side? Do you think that there was enough space for him to look? Uh, how aggressive do you think that challenge was? Then they'll have the referee go look at it. I think that's a very important key that I think people need to know here. And that's a reason that's, and they're rushing it. I think that's the key. If you're listening to the video, if you're watching the video, they're going, okay, okay, check complete. No problem. Like they didn't think once to go, okay, so what was the call on the field? Offside? Well, he's on. So change it. It's a goal. Like, yeah, so they made it's a like mistake so, saying that because they got the they basically got the call in the field wrong. They thought the call in the field was for for not those a who goal. understand football. It'd be like if they ruled uh, if they ruled a pass incomplete, and then they go to the booth. Yeah, you have to then, have unrefutable, and then they find out, and then they found out that he caught the ball, and then they go the play the call on the field stands. You'd be like, what the fuck? The people in the booth would be like, no, no, no. He caught the ball. He caught the ball. So like for those of you, that's like a different example. It'd be like they well, call it incomplete. They find out he actually called, caught the ball, and then they come out on the field undeniable, and they say it Undeniable proof that you got it. So get the point. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. So basically, yeah, they fucked up. I didn't see the game. So and honestly, I never really thought about how the ref can't doesn't go to the VIR booth to actually look. To see for off, I, n- I never realized that he they don't go for offsides for some reason. I, I don't know, I never really put two and two together. They draw it's because they draw the line, it's not something the referee, yeah. it's a waste of time, basically. No, yeah, simply, I mean, I get it now, it's, a it's waste just something of time. like I didn't, I never really thought yeah. of when it's a yes but, or no, um, you're gonna get the same answer from everybody. The truth is, whether they fucked up the decision, but everybody in that VAR room knew it was onside, they called it onside. It's just the process that they went through when they were done with it and they were like, nah, he's good. Instead of just saying it's a goal or it's onside, it's a goal. It should stand as a goal. They're like, all right, yeah, that's good. Check complete. 
And then the referee hears that and he's like, okay, yeah, they called it off. They said check complete. Let's go. He he hears check well, complete. Because the call, it's well, like, the call it's a reflex. A, the, you hear check on you say check complete, you blow your whistle, the game restarts. Yeah. Yeah, because the call on the field was offsides. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the chance to see that game. So I do want to ask you, because I kind of have thoughts on it. Um, so a lot of English fans now have been very, very vocal past couple of days, but since this that they should just get rid of VAR completely. What is your thoughts on this? I think I know what you're already going to th- say, but what, what are your Those thoughts? Those people are fucking stupid, brain dead. Stop having <laughs> takes and get off the fucking social media. What we just saw in the video is that the technology clearly fucking works. You may disagree with the offside rule, which I do. I think, I think they should make it more exciting and they should say level is onside. Any part of your body is level, you're onside. That's that would be more exciting. Yeah, there'd be more goals, but that's a different. Wait, that's you're, a different you're on the point where as long as you have some part of your body, correct. Outside, I think that's. I think that should good. be the rule. See, for me, I've always been. It's a little off, but top. not like an I've inch, always, like I've a, always, like a major body part. Like you got to be like 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 not like a finger or something like that. No, bullshit. I've always been a guy. No, yeah, I've always been a guy. Do feet. I don't care about head. I don't yeah, care I want to see head. like the elbow, the shoulder, like like no, yeah. I don't need like little inches. Well, I think, inches. Well, I like, think is the a, actual is a rule, body part. Yeah. Well, I think the actual rule is shoulder. It has to be shoulder or head. I think your hands doesn't matter, from what I recall. I don't think the hands matter. To me, it should be foot. If it's by a fucking toenail, so be it. It's by a toenail. But like, I think it should be by foot. I don't. I don't like the head thing. I think it's just stupid because you, of course, like if you're running, you're gonna lean forward. Your head's gonna poke through. Th- I think that's worth shit, but I do think it's. I'm not really with you on like you should just have a foot on side. I, I don't really like that. I just feel like I don't know. I I feel like that's a slippery slope. You do not want to go down. I like I don't know. Yeah, that's it's just already me personally. a slippery slope. Yeah, but they call to me it's off. like to me it should just be straight feet. This is football at the end of the day. It's a soccer. Soccer like you kick with you kick the ball with your foot right you know like yeah to me like i get you can head goals in but i just don't like counting at the end of the day you have to spring off your feet like i feel like it should go by the foot and if it's yeah. by a, a singular toe so be it but yeah i'm with you those people are fucking idiots who says that yeah, get rid of the bar. truth is and bar, i've heard this bar, from but, other but, people but, but, the but technology works the people don't. The people fuck up. The reason why we've been complaining about referees and your granddad has been complaining about referees since he was fucking our age is just how it is. People fuck up. You got And I think in this situation, there will be fuck ups, but you have three people there. You, you cannot now, especially, and I think you'd agree with this, with all the added time rules. Now they're saying, no, fuck the time wasting and they're actually adding the time. What does it matter if you're if you're gonna add eight minutes to the game? Thank God. Add nine. That's probably one of the best things they ever. But did. like that's the thing; it's a great thing, and everyone likes it. So at this point, if you're gonna add seven or eight minutes, why not add nine or ten just to have VAR uh, take an extra thirty seconds? Well, no. Well, here makes it even more stupid. Is what makes it even more stupid, and why they're saying they should get rid of VAR. Meanwhile, if VAR did their job correctly. Liverpool would have scored. The call on the field was offsides. So you're an idiot if you think they should get rid of VAR because the the, the sideline ref literally got yeah, they, what, it Yeah, they would have just left it? So you're basically you're saying they got it wrong, so what's our solution? To make it yeah, so exactly. that you don't even have to see, you don't get to see that it's wrong? 
Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah. And the whole like uh, the whole offside technology and they got rid of it this year. To me, it's just it's so stupid. T- the problem wasn't the technology. The problem was that there was no clear s- set definition. I mean, there there is, but no one generally liked it. It's like if you came out and it's like, this is what it should be. That's what it should be. Bottom line, point blank. That's what it is. Like, why why are we not going to utilize? We use so much technology to make sure athletes are at their peak performance. Why should we not do that to make sure the game is called correctly and fairly? It's stupid. And I think they should have never they should have never got rid of the offside technology. What they should have done is just make a set guideline. If you're going to say, like, look, it's going to be feet. Like, I think the problem was the ambi. I can't. I can't. Cannot say that word right now. The ambu, whatever you know what I'm trying ambiguity. to say. Ambiguity, yeah, ambiguity of of it all. Like with the shoulder and the head. Like I feel like if you legit said what I said, like just feet, I feel like more a lot of people would be on board with that. I think you have a very controversial take on like any foot thing. I think a lot of people because that's just not the game. Like yeah, you just flat out just changed the game right there. But um, and you know people love their tradition in this sport. Yeah, so um, they, they do in baseball too, but they figured that one out. Yeah, I mean, shit, we see it in other sports. Like, I don't understand why the fuck football, like American football, doesn't have that same off, uh, like, same fucking offside technology for like ball placement. That's what they should fucking do. Same thing with baseball. Yeah, I know, right? Baseball, Think about that. How many? How many? Uh, that's a good point. How many? A times game in that NFL literally calls a game, itself a game, game of, inches. of inches. It's lit. And literally, you got guys a game going. And you got side refs going, uh, here. I think it's about you're still whipping here. out the fucking chain. Like, oh yeah, like, my god, I fucking Christ. It's man. stupid. But yeah, it's always I mean, so funny about a game how it's of a game, game of inches. And uh, for those of you who are familiar with the YouTuber John Boy, who's a big baseball guy, he's said that before too. When he's broke down uh, football, like American football videos and college football, he's like, you know, it seems to be funny how it's like fourth and inches, and the guy's doing a QB sneak, and then when they when they're all in this big pile. The referee runs to the middle and goes, uh, the ball is uh 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 here. And he just like kind of no, like shaking his hand around and he's thinking about it. And it's like, what the it's fuck? It's like, bro? dude, like replay has changed the game for for the better. It's yeah. 10 times better with there being replay and technology to utilize it. People that are saying that they should get rid of VAR are literally fucking brain dead. And I even saw a thing too, it was like. If you guys had VAR back uh, with the hand of God from fucking Maradona, England would have won. <laughs> like, or they could have potentially won. They would have been in the game more. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless. And then, and then you got in South Africa, 2010. You got England again getting fucked over. When uh, was it? Frank Lampard's long shot went into the goal, and all the replays clearly showed it crossed the line. But they said no, nah, didn't cross the line. And they ended yeah, up losing that game, and it was a quarterfinal. A lot of shit like that. Like, so it's I'm funny, trying, especially I, like, I don't want to be. A guy I think it's funny. Has... I don't think English fans should ever talk shit because they've been fucked over by bad refereeing calls. If to the point yeah. where if they had VAR, they would probably have some more silverware in their tro- in their trophy cabinet. That's for sure. But yet we're the ones that are not allowed to talk about the sport. We're stupid if we talk about the sport. Meanwhile, they're putting up brain dead takes about like fucking no VAR. Obviously, like, we're generalizing. We're generalizing, yeah, but what people most don't know the people story. have been like, vocal. You know what? I'm not just some any fucking Premier League fan. I've been fucking watching this shit because I have a friend who's literally an English citizen and his family lives in London. So, I mean, yeah. you could shove it up your ass. 
And obviously, you know, I don't want to generalize I, all I, English fans. I, especially flew, the ones I flew that to get us. that. We, we appreciate all our English fans out there. I just want you guys to know sometimes. Coming the from best. the other side. That's why I'm allowed, I'm allowed to talk shit. You guys can be kind of annoying. Of you guys. <laughs> just so you know, but if you hear the accent, I am one of you guys. So I'm allowed to talk shit. I very much am one of you guys. So I don't want to hear that yeah. shit. If you're going to be like fucking yank, I'm just whatever, saying to someone who comes from the outside long enough. who primarily watches Serie A and La Liga and like South American soccer, like in Cockcat, like it's pretty fucking annoying. But but I understand it's a big generalization. And I, I love all the fans from England that watch us. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. But it's another it's another great you segment. Guys, just so sometimes be annoying. It's just it's just what yeah. it is. And we got another great segment. One of my favorites. Although the segment after that's gonna be one of my least favorites. But we get the shit on United. Wow, oh, what man. a fucking start to the Champions League from United. Hey man, what a start of the league, the season. I mean, <laughs> You know, it's funny. It seems like it was the last season where they were praising Ten Hag. They were like, this guy is the, f- is the best. And now I'm hearing people Never shit understood talk it. him. I'm hearing people shit talk him hard. And the, and the truth is, it's like, okay, which one is it? Like, I don't really have yeah, an opinion I, on him. I kind of, I don't really give a fuck about United. I try to, you know, you know I, I've I just don't like to involve myself. Turn on their players and coaches so goddamn quick. Wow. It's crazy, One moment. It? They love Ronaldo. The next, he's the he's the entire reason why that team is in shambles. And now, Ten Hag, which, like, I was never really high on him in the first place, but yet we were led to believe that Ronaldo was the problem with the team, not the management, not the front office, not everything anybody who's in charge of the sport not to mention there's they're also we're, right now they're sexual assault united it all it was all on that fucking guy they got rid of him they went a couple games in a row they think they're hot shit they made champions league after a beginning of the season was so bad and it's like meanwhile now you're seeing what the real problem is the real problem is an organizational issue like horribly ten hog, but not every club ten becomes, hog. you know, FC sexual battery overnight. <laughs> like seriously. Like, yeah, I know every club, big club gets their one allegation. You know, these famous people are fucked up. <laughs> okay. Like even Arsenal's had it with Partey. Not going to lie. It, everybody kind of gets that shit. Not everybody, but you know, there's going to be people in the comments like, my fucking club is perfect. I'm sorry. You get what I'm saying? It happens. You know? Colorado. You got fucking Tiger Woods here <laughs> being, uh, <laughs> you got Tiger Woods here fucking everything that moves. It happens. Um, But United, with all these players, with their issues, and on the front office issues, they want them to sell the club. They hate the Glazers. Oh, and now Ten Hogs is a problem. I think Kind of like Barcelona, they have deep, deeper problems. They're they're a large club in a similar situation as Barcelona. I think Barcelona's probably better off right now. Um, I think Barcelona has serious problems business wise. Yeah, I'd say, Man, I'd you say has United problems better... sporting wise. Yeah, but it's but I think it's a good comparison because it's both deeper than surface level, and it's causing issues with the team you know it's something that's not necessarily directly like i can't blame ten hog all like i don't think he's the perfect like let's he's no pep guardiola but 
he's not a bad like you can't look at United and say he's the reason why they're fucking up. So Dude, that's why I, I hate name, the, I was, that's why I hate the 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 turn from the fans because it's like you guys have so many problems and now you're just gonna sh- talk shit about Ten Hag. Like, listen, I get it. Not my first pick. I you know I, he's not, but there are some problems with that club that if you're just staring at the manager and you think it's gonna be better, like I know it sucks, and this is coming from an Arsenal fan who dealt with some bullshit after Wenger left. I know. It's hard when you lose a fucking coach who's been your entire identity. You know, I grew up only knowing one coach for my team. (laughs) Like, isn't that fucking wild? Like, I was born, and then when I go to my first game in England in fucking 2016, 17, whatever the year it is, COVID made things fly by. I want to say 17. Um, I see his last game ever. You know, clubs, when you have a manager for 20-plus years, it's not going to be easy when you have to change things all of a sudden. It's it's not. And Arsenal realized that. And they're and talk shit about them all you want, but their board got their heads out of they knew. They were like, we need to fucking fix this shit now because we can't be a united. We can't deal with them. We gotta get a coach. We gotta invest in players. We gotta we we have to get everybody involved. We gotta promote our youth. So they knew. And that's why they're in a better situation. Both teams were big. They were at the top of their game. Both teams lost their longtime manager. And only one of those teams kind of rebounded. Yeah, I think... Because, like, I see you put, like, is it the front office? Is it Ten Hag? Is it the squad? I think it's all the above, man. I really think it's... I think it's all All of the above. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think... Like I said, I don't like, think Ten Hag is the be, reason, but I he's not. I don't think he's the reason, but drag he's definitely you out of part it. of the problem. He's not going to drag you out of this hole. Is my point. Like I, I don't think yeah. he's causing it, but he's not going to fix it. And a coach can only be as good as what he's given to. And I don't. I'm gonna ask you because I've asked multiple people who aren't United fans, just like people who watch the Prem or just watch top five leagues. Like, dude, I looked at that United roster. I don't know anybody on that back line and i'm a point to you do you know anybody on that fucking back line uh like genuinely like i don't know any of them like in like in general or like like going to the season you look at that back line and you're just or just yeah well yeah i mean yeah recently like you look at that the team that played i I do know them but i don't rate them like the like the team the back line that played this this past, uh, I know, I know, uh, I know Delo, past- but I think he sucks. I, I know Varan, obviously, and Lindelof, but I think Lindelof is trash. Yeah, I think Varan because- is your only hope, but you're so surrounding you're big- him with, yeah, you're a prem expert, so you know these guys, but like, Lind- somebody Lindelof like- and Delo, just compare it. And I'm really, again, I'm not trying to like as an Arsenal fan, but this is just where I can, you know, draw a lot of comparisons because I watch them the most. But compare Lindelof and Varan. Would you rather have Lindelof and Varan or Gabriel and Saliba? I mean, it's not it's, even... It's not even a fucking question. It's a, exactly. I know them. <laughs> I know them. <laughs> you know who they are. Yeah. One of them, but no, one like, of them's going to be in the next the future of France and one of them should be... Yeah, because like, for I've, Brazil. I, 
I've generally asked, like, you're the first person, like, and I'm sure our fans are going to say, like, well, I know, know them, but I, like, but I know that they suck. So it's different. Like, like, yeah. And you're a diehard Prem, like you watch the Prem, like all the yeah, time. Like, I know. I, 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 know I watch great. I watch good matchups. I don't I like them, but I'm not going to like, there's going to be weeks where I just, I rather watch the matchups that are happening in Syria, which ended up happening this past week. I looked at the matchups, didn't really care. I ended up watching AC Milan Lazio. Like that, especially there's always there's so many games going on. There's so many to pick. So like, this is the thing. With, there's just so much, you know what I mean? Like, so like, I, I, will I, say, I though, was watching the Champions League with Galatasaray versus United. And I'm like, dude, like, like, I know the I know the front and I know the midfield. But like, I, who the fuck I is this back line? This is a good test. Like, this is and good the only test. reason why. Oh, no. And the only reason I know Onana is because he's just been so terrible. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah, he's I mean, I knew so who he was atrocious. before because he was kind of linked to Arsenal in the past. But yeah, he's been bad. I mean, I knew who he was, but I'm saying like he is. But like, I want to. I want to give like, you a, a little name test before we before we move on. How bad he was. Before we move on, I do want to test you now because that has me thinking. Because I, I, I just want to make this clear. I have a very very good friend who is a Fenerbahce fan. So. By law, I must hate Galatasaray. So fuck Galatasaray. Orus Puchuchu Galatasaray. If you're Turkish, you don't know what that means. <clears throat> Please don't kill me. I was just fucking kidding, man. That's like fighting words. I can get death. I literally can get like bomb threats for that. Um, it's bad. Well, if they find us on Real Fans Podcast and they understand Turkish, like that'd be a miracle. It's like, but, it's like, yeah. it's like, fu- it's like, fuck your mother times a thousand. <laughs> it's bad. All right. So, uh, what, so, what was so the test here is I want to, I'm going to read out because there's some players I know you're not going to fucking know. So I'm just going to skip them. First, I'm going to go with the United roster. Say yes or no. If you know the player, some of these, we already know. Yeah, I can so tell you the see. ones that I do know on so, the United I'm roster. I'm curious if you're going to know more on Galatasaray because I think you'd be surprised when I start reading the lineup. Okay. I mean, I can First, tell you what I, I, I'll, I can tell right, you. Tell me what you know from know United. On, on United. Yeah. Fernandez. Okay. Uh, Fernandez, Rashford, Mason Mount, Casemiro, and uh, it's the other midfielder, John a blank. Man, I'm drawing a blank which, on the which the, one? The third, the third midfielder because they give ran me, a four-three-three. I want to help. I want to help you out, but give me a little bit. And then the, they had well, the striker Christian was Erickson? the Norwegian. Are you thinking of yeah. Christian Eriksen? Okay. Yeah. And then the 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 striker is um that Norwegian kid. He's 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 young, Hoy, isn't he? Hoyund, Hoyund. Yeah, he's he's twenty. I only know so that that's because not bad. he's all right because of the name. So but, and then Onana, the I knew bench. I knew Onana yeah. obviously. So that's but, and, good. So legit that's, the back line. I so didn't it's know. One, one, two, three, four, five. That's five. Maybe I'll give you six. I'll give you six players on United. Okay, so I'm gonna read some names here. You tell me you if they sound familiar. Muslera. No. Oh, he was the Uruguayan goalie for a long time. Okay. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. I know who he is. I know who he is. Wilfred Zaha. I don't know who that is. You don't know who he is? He was Crystal Palace legend. He's a a winger from uh, the Ivory Coast. I'm I'm surprised. That one I'm surprised you don't know. 
I didn't. Then you won't know this one, Prem, dude. Lucas Lucas Torreira. No, nah, I don't know. Fuck off. He played for Arsenal. He was great. I Tete. told you, man. I did not grow up. I did you know not Tete? grow up watching Prem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know Tete. Brazilian winger. Yeah. Yeah. And then Icardi. They got a pretty strong team over there. They have Icardi, and I'm not done yet. They got Dries Mertens. I don't know who that is. You don't know Mertens? You're a fucking Serie A fan. You're doing them. Come on now. I mean, I oh don't like God, no Serie A, Serie A, but like. Mertens. I, mean, I, I will say this with Serie A. I actually one. just started really getting into Serie A this last year. Last year is when I really started getting into I'm surprised Dries Mertens doesn't stand out. He's Belgian. He played for um, Napoli. I really started getting into Serie A last year. Last year was kind of like my year. I feel like Serie A was really down for a long time. He played for Napoli for a long time. He's getting old, but still. So Galatasaray has has a team. I know as many people on Galatasaray as I do. United, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you don't know any United which is bench. Why, which is why it was worth bringing up. Yes, um, two of them are like Prem players. Um, but you know Icardi, you know Tete. Um, you should the problem is I don't I don't I don't, I don't know I don't know like my like with certain like I just don't know my history like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm relatively new, like the past like and the thing is, I never really watched Serie A until, like I said, the past two years. I was really just, I watched a lot of, like, um, watched a lot of La Liga and then Champions League. So, and I just kind of watched it loosely. It wasn't until, like, the past maybe three, not past four years, I really got it, like, really into it. Before, I just watched it loosely. But um, Serie A has been super, I don't know if you feel this way. I don't know if you've watched any, but Serie A this, this year and, and last year have been super entertaining. It's been super entertaining to watch. So last year was kind yeah, of the I haven't really like, been watching, but I've been hearing. Yeah, so like kind of right now, my two mains has been La Liga, which is always I always watch, and then um Syria. Syria has now kind of entered that rotation to where I've been watching. I've been um I don't want to say I'm a fan, but I've been really uh enjoying watching AC Milan. Every time they're on, I, I genuinely try to watch. watch. I mean, I like I like Giroud as an Arsenal fan. I can't hate him. I, mean, I, I love that man. I, I I know it's uh, bro. I I love the style of Rafa Leal. I got dudes. I know he can be inconsistent, but man, when he's playing, when he's good, he's good. Yeah. Well, I can agree. He with is that. like one of the best players, best wingers in the world when he's playing well. It's just a matter of him. Being, but even when he's not playing great, the thing with Rafa Leal, he's one of those where it's like. He can have a bad game, but he's going to have like four or five flashes that are like world class. Yeah. Like that, that. Those are like his bad games. So he'll have like a great game and you have like, you probably have like three good games in a row. Then he'll have a bad game. But then even in that bad game, there's like, cause he's such like an athletic freak. Like he'll, those like, he'll have, he'll just, just cause the sheer nature of his athleticism, there'll be like four or five plays where he just, looks incredible like he's by far the best player on the field so they've just been really fun to watch i've been enjoying watching them enters really into it's just super super competitive and the way prem is shaping shaping out to be this year it's not going to be super competitive yeah and that's uh it's good that you bring that up because you know with the big game with arsenal coming up against manchester city 
their season might be derailed. I mean, they didn't get off to the greatest of starts. They still look, you know, as, as pretty much as good as we think they are. But in this past um, rough Champions League outing where they lost to Lens, they lost Saka early in the in the 30-something minute. Um, Arteta says he doesn't know. They still got to do tests, but he was, but his quote was pretty much, um, he was, it was bad enough that he couldn't continue the rest of the game. So in that respect, it doesn't look good. I don't like that. That sounds pretty bad. Um, assuming we been losing for a few weeks. <laughs> what you just said that, it's just like, yeah, I don't like that. That sounds pretty bad. <laughs> You know, as an that Arsenal was such fan, a yeah, discouraging thing. It's like, I, I gotta, I, I gotta take my like after, because like you know, it's some of these games that we've been winning. You know, you think about Saka, and and sometimes he's been the 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 difference maker there. And you just think about the next few weeks and and a bunch of games that we have coming up. Your the the thought in your mind is if he is, let's say Saka's out for a month with some muscle injury or something like that. How many games in a month do you think they either draw or lose that they could have won with Saka? That's what I'm worried about because he really is that X factor who always seems to be doing something for us. He's the one guy on our team that's like untouchable and that we do not want to sell to anybody no matter how much money you throw our way. This is uh, this can be very bad. I mean, for an Arsenal team that's not exactly blowing teams out of the water easily. You know, they're relying on a lot of close games and just chipping away at a, at defensive blocks. So I think this is this could, if he's gone for a few weeks, I think this would ruin any hope that Arsenal fans have of a title chance. I don't think it would ruin Champions League. But that's my opinion on it. There's really not too much more I could say unless we know the details. So what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now. You guys got a tough, a tough stretch here. I mean, you got City next. You got Chelsea, which I guess you shouldn't really be too scared of Chelsea. They're a shit show. But um, I mean, your next two Champions League game are against your toughest competition in the group with Sevilla. You're playing Sevilla back-to-back in Champions League after just losing to Lens, RC Lens in, uh, in France. That's sketchy, dude. Like, I, like you guys are going to get out of it, but... Yeah, I think it helped. We're not it, in the same position as United because we, we did have a very good game against PSV. You had a good game against PSV. That, that loss against... Lons is is uh, and you and you and you have to imagine that we'd beat Lons the next time around. Yeah, and I think that without Saka, man, that's the thing with Sevilla is is they're very defensively stout. From what I've seen from them this year and what I've seen from the Champions League, they should have beat PSV, um, but they allowed a last minute goal into the like it was literally like an extra time. Like I think there was like a minute or two left, and they. They equalized, but they should have won the game, and they've been pretty good defensively. So, and you guys are saying like against like the low block, you guys are. You said you guys have been struggling. Well, that's against- that's what I'm just saying is like that's kind of like an Arsenal thing is like if they're not going to blow out, if they're not going to win against against the team three nothing or four nothing, then they're playing good. If you're going to watch the game from start to finish, they are the dominant team. They are getting more chances. 
but just sometimes feels like the final product isn't there. It's not as clinical or like, you know, they're just getting, it's just so crowded in front that it's really taking some perfect play to get through. So it's not necessarily that it's like some that we struggle. It's just, it's more how the league is and how we are. We're not a city where we can, where we're just so good that it's, it doesn't really matter how, how you defend. Like they'll just, any shot can go in top corner. We're not really like that. And that's the, that's the difference when you have a Manchester city going against some trash team, like a Luton or someone like that, they're probably going to score within 10 minutes. Whereas Arsenal, you know, they may win by two goals, but that you don't see them getting that goal within like the first few minutes, like you would with city playing some trash team. Oh, I do want to get your opinion on it. So from what I've seen, I'm sure you watched more Arsenal than me, but I I like, I've watched a decent amount. I feel like with Arsenal, from what I've seen that they haven't been very clinical in front of net. And I don't know if you share that same sentiment sentiment, but, um, like I, I feel like I hear like so I said, many that's times. Been the, that's Ketia been the thing. Having, like I like, said, we've been in a crane. Like I, I keep on hearing, like Ketia with the with the shot, and like I, I've heard him like go for the. Like it seems like he's creating space and he's doing a good job getting in position, but it's like the lack of finishing and the clinicalness of like actually putting it away has been hurting Arsenal. From what I've yeah. like, from, like I said, from what I've not from every time I seem to watch them, that seems to be the issue. I'm just it's curious, not like, alarming. It's, every it's not game. like you feel. It's not like you feel like they can't buy a goal if their life depended on it. No, it's yeah. just that some of these games, if we were more clinical, be some out. of these games exactly, they're just not blowing out teams. Even if like they are hands down the better team, they will still like it's. It's still like okay, let's we got a goal. Okay, can we get a second goal? Oh, 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 we got a second goal. Wow, that's great. And, you know, like even one of the games where we won like four, nothing, two of them were penalties, correct penalties. I'm not going to say like they weren't, they were pretty obvious and easy, not even it's rare. You get some of those, but they were oof, pretty blatant still like, you know, that's it just seems like Arsenal has a lot of quality to be mid table, lower table teams. It's just, how's it, how are they going to shape up in this European competition? And then also the top of the top of the Premier League, and, and yeah, I mean, has, losing Saka is huge. I mean, yeah. and I don't know without Saka, I don't know how you win that game. Man. I will, I, mean, I will leave it like so this. Much. And oh, City's well, yeah. on against a City, not nah, roll. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're not even their little little hiccup when the they had a little hiccup, but a hiccup for them is just a hiccup. Oh, but too, I will say yeah, this about I, mean, I will say this about Arsenal. Um, it's. It's they they tend to play to the opponent. So if they're playing a city, I totally see that. If they're playing a city or a Liverpool, then they look like they belong. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 putting an effort. They're really, you know, putting together some great chances. They're defending really strongly and, and they're not making many errors. And then they'll play like some bottom half team. And it's not as clinical, and it's kind of like, well, they're 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 not they're letting the team dictate it. Not so much. I'm not saying like you know you play against a team like uh, like Brighton or something like not Brighton. Brighton's a bad example. Now <laughs> they're good, um, like Fulham. Luton or Fulham or something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, Fulham's you guys drew against. Well, it was Fulham's in third? 
fifteenth, right? They're two, well, two, yeah, they're three, pretty good. They but, a, but you get the point. Like, you guys, you get the point. Is like it's not exactly like you don't feel like I said. Arsenal, when you're watching those games, you know that they are the better team. It's obvious. The possession, the passing, the chances. It's obvious, but it's just it doesn't always translate in results. And that hurts yeah. them sometimes because if they make a mistake and you're only up by a goal, what are you going to do? It's like you're not you're dominating like you should. And it feels like one of the few games where you really felt like, yeah, we're the fucking better team was that PSV game. It was like, yeah, like without a doubt, like we're dominating this game. But then you look at like, like I said, today or yesterday, my bad. Yeah, yesterday, and yeah. Couldn't and just couldn't put it away. And yeah, they went. so I look, I like I said, you know, Arsenal be a walk the in the team, park, you know, that- but after losing that game, look, I think you guys are still going to advance regardless. Cause yeah, I think you're going to, you're going to beat everybody. At one. Yeah, but like, it makes it tough, man. But I mean, if Sevilla can get two draws on you, that's that's scary. Tough. Like that's, yeah, it is. It that's is. Scary. Which is completely realistic. Like obviously, yeah. Arsenal's the better Absolutely. team than Sevilla, but Sevilla has shown that they've been pretty damn like good defensively. And if they can eke out one-one wins, I mean, look, if Lance can do it, like why couldn't like Sevilla, who I think is a better team than them, is probably going to advance. Like that's scary. Like that's really scary. Yeah, because definitely. It, <clears throat> the the good advantage is I think who do you guys do you play at Sevilla next? Because I was going to say at least the advantage is you're going to have two, you're going to have more home games at the end of the group, which is going to be very helpful. Yeah, so you guys are playing at Sevilla next too. Did you guys? Yeah. you guys played at Arsenal for PSV, right? Yeah, PSV was home. Lens was away. Okay, and then you're getting this one away. All right, so then you're going to end it, the group with two homes. So that that's good. But, yeah. I mean, that's not that big of a deal, I think, like I said. But the – I don't know if the, the whole league race, that's just going to work. It just seems like City's just got in the bag. They just have – even if someone gets hurt – I mean, bro, De Bruyne hasn't even back yet, and they just have so much fucking depth. Yeah, it's crazy. That it's just insane. It's, it's so they're, – they're missing yeah. – I think their best player, and they're still unstoppable. It's one With best Foden, midfielder in Europe. I've said this for the past Alvarez. two or three years. I said he's the best midfielder in Europe. I'm sorry, he just is. I think he's the best player right now. Like genuinely, like I mean, I don't know. People are gonna say Mbappe. I think, I think people are also gonna say Holland. But like Holland's nothing without the point. <sighs> yeah, he's scoring so I, much because he came into it. He's score. He was scoring a lot with Dortmund, and now he's just scoring a lot because he's with City. You know, he's just like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I love so, Holland. Yeah, it'll be he's a really cool guy. But I mean, let's call a spade a spade. The dude's kind of a tapping merchant. I mean, let's be yeah. real. I yeah. mean, the dude's getting unreal service from everywhere. <laughs> you just needed a guy to finish it, and he's so fucking huge. He just bodies off everybody and just oh, dominates. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't oh, see yeah. anybody. So we'll see what happens. City. That's Champions that's pretty much League what order. I gotta say. I think we're gonna lose to City without Saka. Even with Saka, it'd be tough. But if there's no, you think Saka, the, do you think the no league's party. pretty much done? I think yeah. I, uh, like, <sighs> I mean, like in theory, yes. I think even I think it's a little too early to say that. Um, especially with City having their hiccup. It's just a matter of how many hiccups they're going to have because you know they are the better team. So That's we'll see what happens. I think it's many. I think it's too it's too early to say. 
even for me. And you know how I, I was last season. I agree. I think if you can come out with a draw, that's a win. I agree. Yeah. We'll be come out with a draw is a win. I do think it's early. Um, but man, does yeah. it not seem kind of scary though? If you like, <laughs> like it, it feels like everything's shaping up for them just to win it again. Like, like you said, outside of hiccups, who's really beating them? Yeah. Outside it's of hiccups. There's not like a, like everybody come in, came into the season thought like if anybody's going to take them down, it's going to be Arsenal. Like Arsenal's were the favorites to, to take down city. And like Outside I said, if Arsenal, Saka is hurt and he's not playing, then that's what can you say? Like, I don't give us a chance, especially in this yeah. game. Um, and that could be the title later down the line, but we'll see. It's too early to say. Yeah. It just, yeah, it feels like this is one of those years for the Prem where it just doesn't feel very outside of the, when it comes to at least the title race, it doesn't feel super competitive. Um, Why? Versus uh, some other leagues have been like pretty good, like, Surprisingly, like La Liga has been very competitive. I've been actually super surprised by that. And Syria obviously is kind of back to where they were, which is, Syria has always been kind of competitive. Yeah, but, which is um, good. That'll give us some other things because we don't like to talk about Premier League every week. So we yeah. we like to talk about these other leagues. And stuff. I've been sh- I've been shocked by like I mean obviously because Real Madrid is not like as strong as they could be, and Barcelona is kind of being kind of down, but yeah, and they're still the getting their ass saved by Jude. really. Dude, oh man! Like that's another team that's just eking out victories. Just, yeah, just they're eking out victories just because they're just so talented with the players that they have. But they're not. You're gonna need more than just talent. You need a. You need players, and you, they just need a striker, man. They need a fucking striker. Don't get me wrong. Jude has been playing amazing as a ten, as an attacking midfielder. But if you had an actual striker, man, that that would change the game. Yeah, uh, because I mean, we saw. I know it's a, it's not on the topic sheet, but I mean, we saw it with Atletico. Like this was Atletico was probably the first like high level Champions League team that they played, and they they lost. So that's and that's what I was saying coming into the season. Like I'm worried. Like okay, yeah, they're beating up on bottom teams and like mid table teams and like some competitive teams. Like they beat Sociedad and like uh, Sevilla, but like. How are they going to look against like t- contenders for the Champions League? And that's what I was. Yeah, worried. I'll be I'll be real excited to know. see the Clasico. The Clasico is going to be real. That's going to be really good, especially with the trend Barcelona's going. Yeah, because uh, we got Barcelona, who's improving. They look better. They still got issues, but they look better. And we got they, Real Madrid, who's just they need time. You know, and that talented, well, I don't but know if you saw today, a team. but uh, Lewandowski just had to get pulled off early. He got hurt. He was limping off. And that'll that'll suck for uh, for them because it's and he's like actually been system. playing. That's he's... a that's why I think they've been improving is because they're finally getting him. They're 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 realizing what kind of player he is and what they need to do around him. Joe Felix just, looks dangerous, dude. He looks great. dangerous. Such a great signing. Um, we spoke about that the last episode. I mean, he's great. He's such a great signing. Could really be the answer to their problems. Like I said, that's why they're playing so well. But that's that's we'll see how it how it turns out when we have classicos and more exciting games. We'll talk about them. We'll definitely talk yeah, about. I think, Serie I think it might come well. down to the end. They might come down yeah. to the end. same thing. I think both Serie hopefully because that'll, that'll be, be fun. Be It'll give watch. us a lot of fun stuff to talk about in these later episodes. I think it might Especially it might with be MLS a, ending. It might be a four team four team race for La Liga, which we haven't seen in a while. Like it could be really good, and then. Serie A is almost a 16, 6 to 17 yeah, race. Yeah. It's really good. 
so it's so, gonna be great and then we have plenty to talk about yeah. in the upcoming weeks well, we're going to end it right there. Episode 19 of Real Fans FC. I want to thank everybody. If you guys listened to the end, greatly appreciate it. And if you guys made it to the end and aren't subscribed, subscribe, man. Subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, you know where to find us on all our platforms. Any final thoughts, Adam? I think that pretty much sums it up. We got 15 minutes to go until Inter-Miami versus Chicago. So we're going to be a little busy tonight. (laughs) All right, everybody. Peace out and have a good one.